Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 98 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, today is a special day. It is October the 13th, Thursday the 13th, and we're going to be talking about a fantastic film from the past, Friday the 13th. But before we get into all that, how are you doing? Are you getting caught up on your Halloween scary movie watches? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scary movies out coming out. this. They came out this month. We had Hocus Pocus 2, which we covered last week. We had mm-hmm. the Hulu's Hellraiser which is very scary if you're a Hellraiser fan. This That definitely delivered the creep factor for me. Um, there's a whole bunch of really interesting true crime stuff that's actually, to me, even more scary than some of the ghost, spooky, yes. kooky stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, in, I'm into all the things spooky this week. And I feel like I've, I've just started really hitting my stride because it's the second week in October. It's just going to go downhill from here. It's going to be amazing. What about you? What are you watching? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It is a spooky time of the year. We've uh, already been into the uh, the spooky films here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we've got quite a few more to get into. Um, yeah, definitely want to check out the Hellraiser. I've uh, been watching some spooky stuff. We, My wife and I are uh, nearly finished with the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, show that's on Netflix that Evan Peters is in. Um, it's real. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. It's real disturbing um, and real uh upsetting and unsettling so uh you know heeds heed your own caution if you decide to watch that now um that story is one that um we were i don't i don't want to speak for you but i was kind of like orbitally familiar with because you know this takes place in the late 80s early 90s so Mm. i was old enough to know of the story but not really old enough to kind of comprehend uh what any of it what any of it was so it's interesting to to kind of go back uh to that part of like my childhood, I guess, and and learn more about it now as an adult and uh, kind of, you know, how all of that stuff went down. But yeah, it's really good. And it's definitely worth watching if uh, true crime and uh, scary yeah. stuff is is uh, up your alley for sure. Yeah, I started the series and I've not finished it yet. It is very hard to watch because it is so true to form. And uh, if any of you don't know who Jeffrey Dahmer was, maybe look him up before jumping into this film or this series. Um, just about the most horrible person to ever have lived, perhaps. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I mean, there, <laughs> there's a bunch of calls there that could be made, I suppose. But he's pretty awful. He's the serial killer. And I... Uh, I'm fascinated by all things true crime. So I have a very dark fascination with all of that. Um, And so I knew who he was, but I had, and I had seen some dramatizations that have been done in the past, Mm -hmm. but this one, even just a couple episodes in, it really hits. I think it fires on all the acting cylinders. Um, Evan Peters is truly disturbing. He's so good And it's so awful. And um, yeah, it's really important, I think, for people to see, because I think this is a a crime that we don't, people don't know a lot about, especially now. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that went into what happened and why it was so awful. Just, I mean, obviously serial killers are awful, but there was a lot of other things that happened around that, that make it more layered of a story than just, what you might think so i'm glad you're watching it and i i hope other people do but it's definitely it's not for kids uh definitely <laughs> not for kids and maybe 
maybe check out the storyline before you get into yeah. it because it, 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 it is... I find it very triggering for some folks. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is definitely not for kids, and it might not be for uh, all adults. So, uh, yeah, definitely use your uh, your own caution there. But uh, you know, Michaela, what what we've got going on today? We are going back to a classic. It is Halloween time. It is one of the classic spooky stories. Uh, one I definitely remember from my childhood. So uh, we're going to have to uh, take a quick break so we can go back in time to Cramp Crystal Lake and whip up a really delicious cocktail to go with this week's film. So we will be right back. So this week's cocktail comes from the Drunken Moogle blog. Uh, the recipe is actually from Secret of the Booze, um, which we use a lot. Uh, we love them. Secret of the Booze, you guys mm -hmm, rock. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys yeah. have a lot of fun cocktails. And this drink pays homage to Camp Crystal Lake, a.k.a. Camp Blood. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'm very excited when you pointed out this recipe because it comes from Drunken Moogle blog and a Moogle um, is, as everyone knows, from the Final Fantasy uh, world of video games. So that's that's pretty cool. A wink and a nod to any Final Fantasy fans out there. But yeah, we've done a lot of Secret of the Booze things because they always seem to do the right things. They pick all the right movies and they make all the tastiest cocktails. And we're about those two things, right? Movies and cocktails. So uh, yeah, Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, this is a pretty fun one. It's kind of theatrical in the way that you present it, but it uh, comes together very easily um, and uh, very cool if you want to impress your friends uh, with your cocktail mixing and your uh, movie knowledge. That's true. And it's only three ingredients. Super yeah, easy. Only, only three ingredients. Absolutely. It's so wait. So, so what you're going to do is you're going to take a, um, a tall, like a shooter sized, uh, shot glass um you're going to fill that halfway up with uh vodka of your choice you're going to fill the other half of it up with rum chata and then you're going to take a like rocks glass and you're going to put that upside down on top of the uh shooter shot glass and then you're going to flip the whole thing upside down so you have all that liquid kind of suspended in midair up against the bottom of your uh of your cocktail glass there and uh check out the the website and the social media we will definitely get a picture of how uh we did that uh mostly successfully uh there were a couple fails in there but but not too bad but you're going to get that shot glass you're going to invert it upside down and it's going to be there and what you're going to do is you're going to fill that cocktail glass up with two ounces of blue raspberry mix or blue curacao which is what we uh ended up using so uh, basically just something blue uh that you want to have in your cocktail glass and then you're going to wait for the crimes to be committed. Whatever that sound is. I mean, I think that that's was, what we're that waiting was for. Very is... creepy. That was, yeah, you're going to wait for Michaela to make some creepy sounds. Uh, you're yeah. going to wait and see what happens. But then you're going to pull that shot glass out of there. The rum chata and vodka is going to go down. It's going to mix into this cloudy blue oblivion in your glass. Uh, it is really fun to do. It is really fun to look at. Um, and it's really fun to drink. It is really fun to drink. Uh, so this isn't a shot, just so everybody knows. We use a shot glass in it, but it's too much liquid for you to, like, shoot down. So, I mean, unless you have, like, a, a very giant kind of gullet uh, and can do this in one go, it, it's it's more than that. So it's definitely something that I enjoyed sipping. It's, it's really fun to kind of do. It's great at parties. I would imagine this would be fun at, like, the next Friday the 13th movie that comes out if there's, like, a showing um or if you're yeah. gonna have a halloween party this is definitely uh camp blood camp crystal lake it's very it's very blue i like it it's 
it's very crystal it's very blue yeah it is it's it's pretty good um i will say after we we kind of did the the theatrical bits of it i did throw an ice cube or two into ours just to water it down just a touch um i think that kind of helped uh you know kind of thin out the blue curacao that we used um your mileage may vary it probably depends on exactly what blue curacao or what blue raspberry mix you end up using so uh just keep that in mind and this is the second year in a row we've done we've done a slasher uh last year episode 45 michaela uh we talked about michael myers and halloween um and then this movie uh friday the 13th takes a lot of cues from mr michael myers and it takes cues in the cocktail because that one also included rum chata so i guess rum chata is really the flavor sensation of the season yeah it absolutely is i mean and and rum chata is a fairly new liqueur. I want to I want to say I don't think it's been around for dozens and dozens of years. It I remember it being a real big deal when I was in college. I think that's when it kind of became really prominent. Perhaps I'm wrong, but and if I am wrong, I'm sure our our drinky movie folks <laughs> will tell us um, and be like it came out in August of 1976. But I'm thinking that rum chata is fairly new. Um, Yep. And for those of you that don't know, it's basically rum and like this vanilla creamy kind of concoction. So it's it the the blue that it creates is a, like a light crystal blue color um, with the vodka. It adds kind of an extra dimension because it's, it's kind of got it's kind of got rum in it anyway. But it's uh, I don't right. know. I, I liked this. I thought it was a little sweet because I'm not a huge uh, Curacao fan. And so, again, you're. As you said, your mileage will vary, but it's worth yeah, trying. For, I think everybody should try it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for everyone wondering at home, Rum Chata uh, debuted in 2009. So Michaela was not far off there. So I was uh, right. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so take that. That is your uh, history bit for today. So Michaela, we have these mixed up. We are going back to Camp Crystal Lake. We are going back to 1980, and we are going to be talking about one of the uh, most classic of slashers, one of the most influential of slashers of them all. Friday the 13th. We'll be right back. Spoiler warning for Friday the 13th. If you've not yet seen this film, spoiler warning, it happens on Friday the 13th. And a lot of other horrible things happen. And we're going to find out who did all the horrible things. And that's kind of a big deal. So we're going to talk about all of it. If you don't want to know those things, please stop what you're doing right now. Go make yourself a Camp Crystal Lake cocktail. Go watch the original Friday the 13th and then come back because we're going to chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. If you've not seen Friday the 13th, uh, then uh, you have no business in uh, getting into these Halloween films because this is one of the classics of classic Halloween movies. This came out in 1980. It was directed by Sean S. Cunningham, and it stars Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees and a whole bunch of camp counselors uh, that are, you know, they're busy trying to get the Camp Crystal Lake reopened or trying to get busy, getting busy, uh, trying to get busy, uh, clowning around is what they're really doing. Uh, but yeah, this was a this was a pretty big deal back in 1980 Michaela let's let's get into this one yeah so the film starts uh on a on a very dark night where there's moon it's a full moon it starts in 1958 which is a long time ago and you got mm -hmm. a bunch of camp counselors who are sitting around a, a fire in a kind of an old building they're sitting around a fireplace and they're singing songs about jesus or something it's like they're singing a hallelujah song and um but these two the the girl who's strumming the guitar is making eyes at one of the guys who's looking at her strumming the guitar and 
and the song ends and they're done talking <laughs> about Jesus and they decide to go into another room and that's do right something yeah, else. The uh, the looks that they're giving uh, during that song could only lead to one thing, and that thing is going to be going on upstairs in the like loft area of this. I think they didn't even like leave the room; they just went upstairs. Um, but they are up there. They are uh, they are beginning to get a little bit intimate. Uh, but bad news because then we're going to see kind of a first person's perspective of our killer. Um, it's going to be taking out uh these two. Uh, it is very scary. Uh, it is very traumatic, and that is how our uh, movie is going to get started. We're going to get a little tiniest little Friday the 13th in the bottom right-hand corner. It's going to fly up big and crash through the screen to let you know that you are in for a wild ride. And flash, flash forward, you know, we're going from 1958 all the way up to present day, uh, which I guess is 1980 uh, for the sake of this film. And we're going to be uh, meeting up with Annie. Uh, Annie is on her way to Camp Crystal Lake. I guess the camp is reopening and she's trying to get there. She's going by foot. Um, I, Annie couldn't couldn't get a ride, couldn't get a car, but she makes her way into town. Uh, she stops and asks a dog for help. The dog is no help. So she goes into the diner, uh, says, hey, everyone, how do I get to Camp Crystal Lake? And it is a true record scratch moment. Everyone stops. Music stops. People turn, look at her like she has three heads and said, don't go there. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, and then this one guy from the very back is like, do not go to Camp Crystal Lake. You will all die. The devil is at Camp Crystal Lake. The place is cursed. And everyone's like, shut up, Bob. What is his name? It's not Bob. It's uh, uh, crazy Ralph. Ralph. Crazy he's, Ralph. He's, he's the town. He's the town crazy. Don't yeah. li don't listen to him. Um, yeah. But uh, here's here's a here's a tip. If you ever find yourself in a horror film uh, of of your own life, if Crazy Ralph says something to you, heed that heed Crazy Ralph's advice. Just Maybe listen. He knows. Just Maybe listen. He knows. I mean, this it's worth saying, right? We make fun of scary movies all the time. They have a franchise called Scary Movie. This is one of the films that started it all, right? This and Halloween, they've got the they've got all the creep stuff that happens, right? The stuff that That's we love right. to make fun of, right? Where you're like. Don't be a virgin because if you're a virgin, you're going to survive. That happens. Go. You're yeah. good to go. And and it's in movies like this. So, yes, if Crazy Valve tells you don't go down that alley, it's haunted. Just listen. Just listen. But Annie, Annie Phillips does not listen. She uh, gets a ride from a truck driver. His name is Enos, which is a very interesting <laughs> name. And right. uh, the truck driver kind of he's 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 nice enough. He helps her get in the car, get in the truck. And he talks to her uh, and tells her all the stories about how, you know, 20 years ago there was a murder and the uh, this double murder. And that's, I guess, what we saw uh, from the killer's perspective at the opening scene. And then he says, mm -hmm. you know, the year before that, a little boy drowned. Like, it's just cursed. Like, nothing good happens there. And we've been trying to tell um, Steve Christie. He is this guy who bought the land and he's been fixing it up for the last year. And we've been trying to tell him he really just needs to leave well enough alone, but he doesn't listen. And crazy Ralph, you know, he's harmless enough. And, and yeah. Annie Phillips is like, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm just here for a job and I'm going to do a job and I'm going to cook for a bunch of kids and it's going to be fine. It's and he's be, like, ah, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. He, uh, the truck driver there, he says, uh, you know, Camp Crystal Lake, that's like 20 miles away. I can, I can take you like half the way there. Um, which I guess, uh, you know, that's uh half. Thank you for that. So he does, he takes her, he drops her off to, to go the rest of the way. So she is there on foot. So we're going to skip away from Annie for the time being, and we're going to go to Camp Crystal Lake and we're going to see, uh, 
uh, Steve Christie, as you mentioned, who's played by Peter Brower, and we're going to meet up with the rest of the camp counselors. So who do we have there? We have Ned, we have Marcy and Jack, uh, we have Alice, we have Bill and Brenda. So we have like these six kids, three guys, three girls, uh, perfect ratio for your time at the summer camp as camp counselors at Camp Crystal Lake. They're trying to get this place fixed up. Uh, they're doing some painting. They're setting up the archery range. Uh, they're shooting arrows at each other, which seems like a bad idea. Even if you're a really good shot at an arrow, don't do that at home, kids. Uh, yeah, but, that's a bad you know, idea. It's, you're just you're just seeing these kids clown around, and one of these kids, uh, Jack, that's Kevin Bacon. Uh, he wasn't Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon yet. I mean, he was Kevin Bacon, but he wasn't you know the Kevin Bacon quite yet. Right. He and this was way before Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. This this is this his first film. I mean, he makes he just footloose like four years later. But I I think this might be one of his first films. I remember seeing this and freaking out because I could not believe. That it was actually the Kevin Bacon that we all know and love. That he started his career in a giant flat slasher flick. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was one of his. It was one of his very first things. He was in National Lampoon's Animal House. Um, then he did some, uh, some, a couple of TV things. But yeah, this was just a, just a, a couple acting credits in for him. But yeah, and obviously he went on to have a, a really great career. So yeah, when you see him there, you're like, oh my gosh, it's young, uh, Kevin Bacon. But yeah, we're, we're meeting these kids. Like I said, they're clowning around. They are, uh, trying to get this camp set up. They're doing a lot of flirting, not a lot of working. Um, and Steve Christie says, you know what, kids? I gotta go into town, uh, pick up some stuff. Uh, bad storms coming in. So get whatever you can get done before the storm comes. I'll be right back after lunch, which is a lie because he doesn't get back until like late at night but whatever steve christie that's okay um uh i digress so we got the kids they're running around they're getting stuff put together uh but storms rolling in looks bad it looks real bad and so of course uh jack and i think marcy they uh they're a couple it's kind of weird because no i don't know if anybody's actually a couple couple they're all just kind of there seeing what sticks <laughs> or who summer sticks camp. to who summer camp rules right? summer, summer so, camp rules i guess yeah so so ned is played by mark nelson he is kind of into uh one of the girls i don't know if it's alice or marcy or brenda i think he's into brenda and she's not she's not interested in him at all um but jack and marcy they're i they're 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 getting they're getting it on um they're really getting along beautifully so it's starting to rain they go back to i guess marcy's dorm and uh they do their thing um it's very 1980s i mean (laughs) i would say that it's it's not for kids, but it's not as adults as you would think, maybe. I mean, it, eh. it, it, it's it's not for kids. It's not for kids because there's murder. It's not for kids because Marcy and Jack are are uh, doing whatever they're doing in the in the camp. Um, And, you know, kind of in the background of all of this, you're seeing like some first person perspective. And every time you're seeing the first person perspective, the music's coming in, uh, which is kind of one of the really cool things that they they did. Um, A, a lot of this film was kind of based off of what uh, the Halloween franchise did um, and the way that it utilized music. This one's utilizing music kind of in its own way where it's only playing music uh when you're really seeing things from the perspective of the killer of this of this person so you're seeing kind of you know kind of like this like stalkerish vibes that you're getting from the killer you know kind of watching these camp counselors from the side um we're gonna go check back in with annie who's uh you know trying to walk her way to camp she's uh hitchhiking as this jeep pulls up and you know you're getting kind of this first person perspective on annie talking to her um 
But then, you know, Annie thinks something's up, jumps out of the Jeep and is running through the woods. And uh, that's kind of our first kill of this thing. Uh, Annie, you know, jumps out of the Jeep and she's, you know, kind of lumbering through the woods, you know, probably rolled your ankle jumping out of a Jeep. And you get that first person's perspective of that first kind of kind of slash there. Uh, Annie doesn't make it to camp. Annie doesn't make it. She is not long for the world. Um, and our camp counselors are not long for the world either, Michaela. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I will say that the the special effects of the blood and gore is actually pretty good because it's not overdone, but it mm-hmm. it's shocking. And I know that that was one of the things that Seanus Cunningham had said. He really wanted to create a shocking kind of visually stunning boo gotcha jump out of your seat kind of show. And he definitely did that. Um, even watching it today um, with the whole Ned Marcy thing. So Ned Marcy, they finish doing what they're doing in the bed. And then Marcy decides to go up and go to the bathroom. Uh, the killer, you see this first person kind of following her and watching her and, you know, slams an ax into her face. And that's very shocking. It's very well done considering that it's older than us. Um, as far oh, yeah. as the, as far as the first, um, as the special effects go. And then, you know, Poor Jack is just laying there in his own, because I guess the bathroom is in a different building completely. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like the outhouse room. And so Jack is laying there and he's waiting for Marcy to come back. He's waiting for Marcy to come back and he gets killed. He gets like this weird like arrow pierced through the back of his neck. And again, it's very shocking. It's more about the shock of it um, Mm -hmm. than the gore of it, which is nice, even though it's bloody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The kind of the makeup and the special effects on this are really cool and they uh, really, you know, kind of hold up. And yeah, that one in particular, Jack, you know, is laying in bed and that arrow kind of comes up like through like through like in behind him. So, you know, it's really interesting to think of how, you know, logistically they would have made this this work for this movie. But but yeah, Ned, you know, he was out there. He was pining away kind of for for Marcy left on his own. Uh, He meets his untimely end. And then you had Marcy and Jack who had uh, just been, uh, you know, doing doing what couples do, I guess, in the uh, in their cabin. And uh, they both meet their end, which leaves, you know, Bill and Brenda and Alice, you know, they're back at kind of like the main main hub. They're hanging out. They're playing strip monopoly. They're drinking beers. They're looking for uh, some recreational uh things that you might smoke um if you're so inclined to be doing that and you know there's they're just having a good time they're they know that marcy and jack they're off on their own they don't know uh, they don't really care what ned's doing ned was a bit of a screwball so they're just kind of kind of hanging out having a good time uh but then you know brenda decides oh man storm's coming in i gotta go check my window so she's gonna go back to uh her uh kind of cabin i guess it is uh which is bad news uh brenda not not gonna make it past that it's so funny because she's playing strip poker and she puts on like a like a jacket, a, a rain jacket, rather than putting her regular clothes back on to go back and check on her <laughs> windows in her room. Yeah. She checks on the windows in her room and then she gets into this very long, very like handmaid's tale kind of um, very, very white kind of long, you know, nightingale nightgown like it's very um <laughs> yeah yeah that's very, right very yeah, prim and proper and she gets into bed but she's hearing weird things which i love the sound effects 
yeah it's hilarious right they're playing strip monopoly and then she's like oh, i gotta go close my windows but instead of just putting her clothes back on she just puts a rain jacket on like over her underwear um and goes back and then yeah she's wearing that that nightgown and uh, she's laying in bed she hears some weird stuff uh she's not going to be long for the world uh which which leaves we're down to two we're down to two already michaela we are moving through uh these camp counselors uh pretty quick but you know before before we uh, check in on the last ones we gotta go find out what steve christie's up to he's just he's in this diner um you know he's uh, chatting it up with the locals there um seems like he's having a perfectly fine time like i said he was supposed to be back just after lunch or something or just before yeah. lunch i don't know but it's i don't know it looks like it's like four in the morning it is dark it is rainy it is stormy he decides to leave but bad news uh his jeep gets stuck in the mud he has to get a escort in from the police uh, but the police, you know, they don't take no one in this town will drive you as far as you need to go. You just have to get out and walk. And what happens when you get out and walk? Well, you, you, you get you get stabbed by the <laughs> by the first person uh, perspective here. So we're going to get another another uh, killing here on the uh, Friday, the 13th docket. And that is Steve Christie doesn't make it back either. Yeah, they're coming down like flies at this point. But right. it's important to say Steve recognizes uh, whoever it is that's stabbing him to death, which mm. is interesting because he, uh, wh whoever this person is, was in a Jeep that looked just like Steve Christie's. So at the beginning of the film, um, I was led to believe that it might even be Steve Christie, that for whatever reason, he wanted to kill uh, Annie as she was driving in, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but you don't really know what you're looking at because... That's the scene that you're given, right? So when Steve right. turns and he looks at whoever it is in first person is like, hey, oh, I'm so glad it's you. And then this unseen killer stabs him to death. You're like, wait a minute, who is it actually then? Bum, bum, bum. And bum, bum, bum. we've only got yeah. two people left because uh, Ned is also dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah ned, ned ned died he was in the bunk bed up above uh marcy and jack which is uh pretty gross um and then yeah we've got uh we've got bill and we've got alice left so bill's gonna go uh he's out to check on the generator the generator has been shut off or ran out of gas he's going to to find it um it's actually it's pretty creepy because he ends up going onto like the uh, the archery range and all of the floodlights flip back on. Uh, you think maybe some arrows are going to come his way, uh, but they don't. We don't see that. Um, we don't know what happens to Bill uh, until Alice is going to have to go out and look for him. You know, Bill doesn't come back, so she's going to check, um, and she finds Bill. And some arrows did end up coming into uh, poor Bill as he is uh, hung up on the door of I don't know, kind of this other uh, main building, uh, which leaves Alice. She is uh, she is our lone survivor. She's going to go back to uh, her room, try to barricade herself in there. Uh, you know, hi, she hides in the pantry. Um, I really like this scene actually, because it's it's very creepy. She's in this pantry and it's old this old like cabin. So it's like this wooden slat door, and you have like the lights coming through these slats and they're hitting her kind of just so it looks really awesome. But but of course, you know, the killer is going to be like, What is this locked door? Maybe I should check behind that. And of course, that's where Alice is. But Alice uh kind of gets the one up and gets out of there. That's right. She's running through the the kind of outside uh would she has to unbarricade the door um after we spent like five minutes watching her like completely barricade the door of yep. the cabin now she's unbarricading it frantically trying to get out she does get out and a vehicle pulls up and she's so excited because it is steve's vehicle it looks just like his jeep and she's thinking that it is steve but it is not steve it's uh an older lady who if you'll remember was in the diner when Annie Phillips went in looking for a ride. And yeah. Yeah, she's like, right. hi. 
And of course, Alice doesn't know who this woman is, but she's a very nice looking old lady. She's got like a sweater on and pants. She's She says, hi, I, I, I was just checking to make sure you guys are okay. My name is Mrs. Voorhees. Uh, I'm a friend of Steve and the family. And of course, Alice is like, oh my God, everyone's dead. And there, she's trying to explain it. And Mrs. Voorhees is like, calm down, calm down, just take a deep breath. And of course, you know, being in this situation, you you there's you just want to get out, and so she's hysterical, and then yeah. it kind of gets strange. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's right. So yeah, Mrs. Voorhees shows up. Um, they go back into the, uh, back into her uh, sort of cabin. They're going. She shows her the uh, body of uh, Brenda uh, laying there, and you know, it's kind of at this point that Mrs. Voorhees, you know, starts to tell the the story about uh, Jason was here at this camp and he drowned and no one cared because the camp counselors weren't paying attention and they were, were off doing uh, naughty things and listening to music and doing drugs and not paying attention uh, to poor little Jason and Jason drowned. Uh, so what would Jason uh, have me do but to, you know, get vengeance for him? Uh, so we find out that our killer uh, wasn't Jason this whole time. It was his mom, Mrs. Voorhees, played by Betsy Palmer, um, and she's awesome. And pursuit takes place. That's kind of when this uh, scene in the pantry uh, happens, um, as I talked about there for a bit. And it ends up kind of getting back outside, and we end up alongside of Camp Crystal Lake of the Crystal Lake. Um, you have the moon shining bright. There's a canoe there. Uh, Alice is trying to get into the canoe to get away, uh, but Mrs. Voorhees is there. Uh, kind of has one last ditch effort, but uh, luckily for Alice, she's able to get the one up one last time and sail away, sail away to safety i guess yeah yeah except when yeah she she's able to sail away after she uses a machete which we had seen earlier uh so it's not like it comes out of thin air but we'd seen this machete alice a again um fights mrs Voorhees off and then ends up decapitating mrs Voorhees. um mm -hmm. that's a very shocking scene again it's more shocking than it is gory. Um, and I love the angle with which they do that because having not seen this in a million years, if ever, uh, that just for the sake of this podcast, I was legitimately, I shrieked when I when she finally did it because you're so hoping that she gets away, that somebody gets away from this because nobody had been able to. And yeah. so Alice ends up boarding the canoe and uh, she doesn't have any paddles. She just she just gets out in the middle of the water, which uh, I was a little concerned with. And she just kind of gets into the middle of the lake and waits for someone she, to save her because everyone is dead. Everyone is dead. And she is just floating away out there. Um, it's actually a very beautiful shot. Um, if you see kind of just like the still images of this or this picture is on a lot of the um, like the promotional stuff in the. Uh, movie posters and stuff but it's alice kind of slumped over the side of this canoe um, on camp crystal lake and you have uh kind of the fall foliage um which is kind of contrasting what time of year maybe this was supposed to have been in but uh, but it looks amazing and you get kind of the mirror image there on the lake and you get a couple of police officers finally pull in and they call out to her uh but then at the very last second uh you see this uh i don't know kind of mangled up uh little little kid-sized person uh just kind of shoot up out of the water and pull Alice back in uh, to which she screams and wakes up in the hospital. Uh, so Alice uh, might be okay. Uh, probably a, a wee bit traumatized, I would guess. I don't know how well we dealt with that in the 80s, but uh, she's she's going to be okay. But she's very concerned that Jason is still out there in the lake. Did you find Jason? Yeah, she's uh, very concerned when they 
kind of rouse her and they're like hey we we found you in the middle of the lake the police guy who you know was too he was too uh busy to take steve christie all the way right into the camp and so it's probably his fault that you know the last three of them are dead but whatever um he's like yeah we thought you were dead too but turns out you're not dead and that's really great um and then of course alice is just like where's jason have did you find the little boy and they're like what are you talking about and so then she there's a really creepy close-up of her face where she just then looks distraught and kind of straight angles at the camera and says well then he's still out there and then you see this super creepy kind of film um, where it fades into the lake and it's shown with ripples in the water and like little bubbles that are yeah, coming up. Bubbles coming up, yeah. Oh, creepy. Yeah, very, very, very creepy, very creepy stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of where it ends. Uh, it's uh, very, very ominous. And you think that there's probably going to be uh, more of Jason's stories to be told. And uh, spoiler, there definitely are that. So uh, that is Friday the 13th. Um, we kind of ran through it pretty quick, but there's actually, there's not a lot going on. It's uh, basically kind of, these are the kids at the camp and then they all get murdered. Um, and, uh, but the, you know, this is very culturally, well, I don't know if culturally, but um, kind of in the, in the realm of like horror films so friday the 13th was pretty significant um like i mentioned it, it drew a lot of inspiration from uh halloween which came out in 1978 um you know to kind of kind of tell this story but this one was really interesting um in a couple of facets um in halloween we're seeing uh michael myers as like this boogeyman character and we're getting images of him but in this one we're seeing our killer it's it's all in the first person's perspective from the killer we don't actually see the killer until it's revealed to be uh, mrs Voorhees at the end which you know, neither of us saw this in 1980, but I have to imagine that people that saw this in 1980 were like, it's it's like this old lady that's who's killing these people. Mind blown. Mind blown for sure. I mean, she's she's got this cropped hair. You know, it's very like it really does remind me of like my mom or my aunt in like 1980 mm -hmm. chic. Right. She's got this long, you know, sweater. It's very she looks very well put together. She's got like iridescent lip gloss on like she is very stylish uh for 1980 but she's also very deadly and the fact that she kind of loses it she's so understated um betsy palmer, yeah, betsy palmer is amazing yeah. in this because she's so she's not over the top and um she comes from a theater background and so there's a great story about how she and alice had to fight and Betsy actually slaps Alice and Alice's, uh, Alice's character, uh, Adrian King is like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I had to hit you in the scene. And so the, the director had to be like, no, we don't actually do that in, in film. We can miss them. And that's why <laughs> yeah, that's we're going to do that. But she is very understated in, in her telling the story of how her son drowned is also mm -hmm. kind of painful because she she's like, I trusted these kids and you did nothing. They did nothing. They were doing all these other things. And I am going to get, you know, I'm what, you know, he, she feels like her son is still speaking to her. And that's even creepy when she like makes his voice. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's not over the top. Um, you know, I think that in the next film uh, <laughs> of Friday the 13th and the next eight that follow, it just gets more and more over the top. But the first yeah. one, I think one of the things that really sets it and why it was so wildly popular was because it was 
terrifying but also not it was it was not they took it so seriously that it wasn't a, a uh they weren't a farce that wasn't farcical you know what i mean right mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah there was a level of like uh like realism i guess to it which um would have really drawn on that you know before obviously you, you know you get into the the sequels which get a little bit more uh kind of kind of supernatural and and things like that and um yeah you one of the the things you talked about there Michaela is kind of this uh bait and switch right because we see um Annie uh who's hitchhiking she gets picked up by that jeep um which is the same jeep that we saw Steve Christie in uh the only difference is it has the top one now I don't know if that was actually like a choice that they made as kind of this uh kind of like bait and switch kind of a thing or if that was just a um you know something a kind of side effect of having this really low budget of like five hundred thousand dollars where they just didn't have the money to get another car um so it just it just happened to work out perfectly i don't i don't know which way that was but it it did because you don't know who it is you think that you know this whole time that she got picked up by you know steve but really it was the killer so there's a lot of stuff like that in this which is which is really kind of amazing and you know really you know, kind of set the tone for the way the slashers and horror films uh, were going to go forward for, you know, a long time, even to today. And speaking of today, uh, we're still getting Jason films. Well, I guess the last one was in 2009. So it's been a little bit of time now, but 12, there's been 12 Friday the 13th now, There's uh, been 12. Which, which is, which is a lot of, which is a lot, I think. It's a lot. It's absolutely. It's a lot of, it's a lot of that <laughs> sounds. And we have to talk about this because you're making fun of me earlier because you were like, I don't remember that in this in the in the film, but I guarantee it was there. Harry Manfredini was the guy who did the musical score. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's this is so interesting to me because this film used used a lot, uh took a lot of inspiration from films that we've covered, like Halloween, right? Like Jaws, because it wasn't until almost three quarters of the way through the film that we actually see Jaws. Same thing with when we see Mrs. Voorhees. We actually don't see her until the end and we where we realize that she is the killer. Um, and the the music uh, choices that Harry Manfredini said, he said he took a lot of inspiration from John Williams. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that there were a lot of influences from the film psycho as well around the score just because there Mm -hmm. was a lot of strings at very high i'm gonna sound like an idiot here because i don't know music very well (laughs) but the strings were very high like the but not quite like that anyway i think that there are very similar sound uh groupings that definitely had like striking pronun- pronunciations that made it even more scary as you're like running away from this unknown person with an axe yeah for sure there's a lot of just kind of uh dissonant tones that they really played on that uh musical motif i guess um one of the one of the other things that people think about when you think about friday the 13th uh you think about jason Voorhees and his hockey mask he actually uh doesn't get his hockey mask until uh friday the 13th uh part three which came out only two years after this one so this one did so well um like i said is uh, just over five hundred thousand dollars on the budget it made 40 million dollars domestically 60 million dollars worldwide uh that is a really good return on your money so you're going to start cranking these things out so the sequel came out the next year and the third one came out the year after that um and then you know, kind of, you have that Jason, 
Voorhees in the hockey mask, 1982. He had Freddie come out um, in Nightmare on Elm Street in 1984. So those two were kind of intrinsically linked um, in that time and space. You always get all this Freddie versus Jason uh, stuff, which we actually got in a film uh, later on. But, you know, Friday the 13th really paved the way and was really uh, kind of ahead of its time in the way that it told the story and the story uh, that it told. So uh, really creative stuff there and really great. It's one of the all-time classics for for a reason so if you've not watched it um you know go back watch halloween watch these because they really uh set the foundation for uh things like smile i guess that we're getting uh this week in the movie in the movie theater so uh yeah check it out yeah absolutely absolutely and i now can say this is the first time i watched it all the way through that i remember um so I remember seeing bits and pieces of it, but I hadn't watched it, certainly not in its entirety until now. And uh, I get it. I get why people liked it so much more than I did as a kid. As a kid, I think it just scared me to death. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let us know at home if you have uh, checked out Friday the 13th or which one of the 12 installments is your favorite. Uh, let us know what is your favorite slasher um, of them all. Is uh, Jason the one? Is uh, is Freddy it? Is Michael Myers? You know, let us let us know. Let us know all of that stuff. Let us know if you make a Camp Crystal Lake. Um, take a picture of it. Uh, take a video of it because it's really fun when you uh, pull that shot glass out and uh, those uh, colors and flavors combine. It is really cool looking. We'll, of course, have pictures and videos of ours and share yours with us you can do that on instagram and twitter it's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies um if you want the recipe pictures of ours all that good stuff episode recaps um you know all the other recipes that we've done for halloween uh season you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and if you make it out of camp crystal lake alive we would appreciate if you took a moment on your way out of town to drop by and leave us a review michaela where can they do that you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify Good Pod, Stitcher, anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Uh, we are super excited about the community that y'all are building, talking about movies and cocktails and all things alcohol. Um, if you leave us a five-star review, it helps us get more Drink the Movie stuff out there. So we certainly appreciate that. We have two drops a week and they're a lot of fun. And we're just really excited to continue, especially the slasher film. That's right. Absolutely. And we talked a little bit, Michaela. So this week's slasher film had its basis in reality, but we're going to have to go supernatural next week. So uh, why don't we mix up another cocktail and we're going to have to go find something in the vampire realm, maybe Lost Boys to talk about next week. So mm -hmm. uh, grab the blue curacao. I'll grab the rum chata and we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, the Movies. movies.